Can we give him praise this morning? Wasn't that a beautiful song? Can we give him praise this morning? Yes, we can. We're going to continue to give him praise. Father, we just want to thank you for a time of fellowship, for a time of getting together. Father, we want to thank you for the pastor of this house, Pastor Mike, Father. I pray, Father, I, and I thank you for his health. Uh, Father, I know uh, last, just last week uh, he took a turn for the worse. But guess what, Father? You got him here today, and we thank you for that. And then, Father, we thank you for each and every one of our brothers and sisters that was, that was sick this past week. And now, Father, have made their way to the house of the Lord. And then, Father, we just want to thank you for our, our senior pastor, Father. We want to thank you, Father, for his energy. We want to thank you, Father, for his work in the ministry. And then, Father, we ask that you bless him and his family. We ask that you bless the First Lady through this trying time in Jesus' precious and holy name. And all the saints said, all the saints said, we will bless the Lord at all times and all the times. What? Our what? Praise will be what? Continually in my mouth. My brothers and sisters, we're starting on a great venture in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Today is going to be a teaching time. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. As you know, in your life groups, we are systematically breaking the word down. And I tell you right now, you got to get in your life group. To be under the leadership of someone like our Deacon John, who has a life group. Pastor Mike. Because from this moment, for at least two months, at least if I had to guess, we're going to be studying Second Peter, verses 1, all the way up to the last chapter. And you know that our pastor like to preach expository, which means line by line, word for word. And my brothers and sisters, we will not be able to cover everything a more a.m. service. So we need you to get in a life group. See, and this is, this is what's important about a life group. When you come in after studying in a life group, and then you hear the preacher say something that's resonate with your soul, that's a confirmation that God just spoke to you. Not that the preacher is uh, teaching uh, or speaking to you. No, that the Holy Spirit is teaching and preaching to you. It's a confirmation. And you sit and you're excited at life group and you get a chance to ask all the questions. We're going to take our time today, okay? Take our time. We're going to take our time. And you're sitting in the life group and you're going over the word of God and you're enjoying one another and you're fellowshipping over a cup of coffee. Praise the Lord. And then you come back in and you hear the word of God and then you say to yourself, you turn to that life group leader and you say, we just talked about that. Last week, that's a confirmation. So we need you in a life group. So Second Peter, chapter one. Second Peter, chapter one, 
is a beautiful book. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, when you're talking about going through it, First Peter, Second Peter is the book that will resonate with your soul. Let's just do a little backdrop. The first slide that we threw up is a slide from First Peter, first chapter. Any time that we start studying the word in Second Peter, I always want you to remember this backdrop. No matter who's preaching. You must remember this backdrop. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter is speaking to the saints because the saints are being persecuted. Now, if you remember in the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 1, our brother Saul, who is now Paul, was creating havoc. He was destroying Christians, New Caesar's church. He was coming inside of the church, and he was snatching you out of the church. And he was placing you in jail. So the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem scattered. And they scattered, as you look at this map, Asia Minor, the circle in red, which is actually modern-day Turkey. That's about 100 miles, that's about 1,000 miles across. From Jerusalem, down here, scattered up to Asia Minor, and this is just the backdrop of what they was going through. Down across to Turkey from their homeland. A thousand miles. That will be just like right now if they came through that door, snatched us all of all our beautiful families. We one big family. They come through that door and they snatch us up and they start persecuting us. And then we have to run and scatter from here to St. Louis, Missouri. Family scattered all over everywhere. That's what that means. That's what was going on. Saul was no joke. He was killing people, killing the Christians. So we, as we, as, so as we study the word together in life groups and here in the ministry, here, here in the church, we have to draw some parallels. Number one, we're not really going through persecution. But we'll find out in 2 Peter there were some other issues. 1 Peter was the issue of being persecuted from the outside. We talked about that, being persecuted on the outside. But it was a beautiful thing when our brother Peter, in the first verses, referred to them to a certain way. For example, they, he called them pilgrims of the dispersion. Pilgrims, sojourners, temporary assignment here on earth. We are citizens of heaven, praise the Lord. We're just here temporary. You can draw a parallel from that. And as he was writing this letter of encouragement, as it was being scattered, and as you read Second Peter, you're going to remember the first thing. They are being scattered all over the land. New Seasons Church, someday we may be scattered all over the land. But here's a letter of encouragement. New Seasons Church, you are a pilgrim right now. You are a traveler. You are a foreigner on this land because your land is in heaven. Praise the Lord. It's in heaven. 
See, you can identify with him. Your trials and tribulations that you're going through on your job, trials and tribulations that you're going through with your family, the trials and tribulations that you're going through with your best friends, it's just temporary. Praise the Lord, it's just temporary. Because this earth is not your home. It's not your home. No matter how far they scatter us, no matter how far they change the policies of church, no matter how many politicians say that, 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 that let's take the 510C away from the church, it doesn't matter. This is just temporary. And one day, we're going to be in heaven because that is our home. So he referred to them as the pilgrims, ones that are being dispersed, scattered. But my brothers, he called them the elect. So as we move into the second chapter of Peter, remember that you are the elect, the elect, the one who stood up and said, I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, not on your own power because of the power of God. And God had already looked down from his great crystal ball from the distance, and he knew in 1960 that he was going to have someone like me born that's not worthy. Then he knew in 1981 that he was going to have somebody like me not worthy to accept his son as Jesus. Whoo! Because of his mercy. 30 years before I, can, before I decided to look for God, but nobody looks for God. God already knew that I was going to be, one day I'm going to break down and he's going to say, come to me, son, come to me. I praise the Lord for that. So you can identify with that. But then he says in verse 7, now you've got to turn here. I want you to go to first, I want you to go to first Peter. First Peter, we didn't even, we're not even in second Peter. It's gonna, we're just doing background. I want you to remember all this when you when you start studying the Bible. Let's go to first Peter, verse 1. I mean, chapter 1, verse 7. I'm gonna read this. And it says this. Let me start at verse 6. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Say amen. Talking to the brothers and sisters who are being scattered. This is in the, the first letter, being persecuted. But check this out, New Caesars Church, my beloved, my beautiful brothers and sisters, the children of Christ. That your genuineness of your faith, whoo, being made much precious, say precious, say precious, remember that, that's going to be important when we get to Second Peter, more precious than gold that perish, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of my brothers and sisters, he stands up. He says, New Caesars Church, you're scattered. You're period. You're in the temporary. He says, New Caesars Church, remember that you are elected. Remember that you're, you're a child of God. But then he says, your faith is genuine. He says, your, fa your faith is so genuine that you just wait for the day of the coming of the Lord. So the Lord can say, hallelujah. Hang in there. 
my brothers and sisters. Hang in there. Now we're going to go fast forward to Second Peter. Next slide. On the next slide, we get to Second Peter. But we're going to start in the first verse. But you've got to have a, just a little bit of backdrop to understand what we are going to fellowship to this morning with. So in 2 Peter 2, 1, and you just take this home, so later on you're going to read this, there's a couple things that I, ki- I, I kind of kind of characterize them as this. This is Paul's encouragement. So you find out what the letter is about in 2 Peter 2, 1. There were false prophets. There were false teachers, and there was destructive heresies. Now, 1 Peter 1 was about what? Outside persecution. First Peter one, Second Peter one is about inside problems. Outside persecution, inside problems. But then the brothers and sisters, yes, Christians, we have to deal with it. We got to deal with the outside persecution. We scattered, but we pilgrims, but we faithful, and we have to deal with the internal. And his lesson was this: in Second Peter, you're finding. Chapter 3, verses 11 through 12. Just make a note of it to read it later. He charged us. He encourages us to live holy, to live for godliness. And while we're doing that, as we are scattered as prisoners, as we're being persecuted, as we go through our trials and tribulations, to always look towards who? The Lord. In everything we do, Always look towards the Lord. Chief, I had a bad day today, but I'm looking towards the Lord. My brothers and sisters, they someone just tried to run me off the road, but I'm always looking for the Lord. Somebody just broke into my house last week, but I am looking towards the Lord. Someone is trying to stop me from being promoted, but I am looking towards the Lord. I'm knocking on doors, looking towards the Lord. I'm working in the ministry. Looking towards the Lord. I'm helping with the music ministry and the video ministry. Looking towards the Lord. I'm working for the Lord. Looking towards the Lord. I'm taking care of my mother. I'm taking care of my wife. I'm taking care of my children. And looking towards the Lord. I'm going through trials on my job, but I'm looking towards the Lord. That's the backdrop of what you're reading when we study 2 Peter chapters 1, 2, and 3. And every time you pick up the Bible, especially 2 Peter, you are diving into a different culture. And the life group leaders, I know they do their best to try to saturate you because you've got to understand what was going on. And now you got a great I- you got a great idea of the backdrop of these two these two books and why it is a letter of encouragement because if we prepare if we if we sit right here or when we go home in our quiet time and we compare our lives with the backdrop of Second Peter we can praise the Lord can we praise the Lord if you if you compare your lives with the lives of the saints at that time. Can you praise the Lord? If not, what I do, I will drag you out of here, put you on a bus, and send you to St. Louis. 
and then at the same time chasing you with my pistol. Waiting for you to, to try to come back so I can destroy you, your life, while you're fleeing away. Oh, my brothers and sisters. And even right now, in China, in Djibouti, in Africa, places right now, in Russia, you cannot walk down the street and say that I am a Christian without getting serious persecution. We can praise the Lord. When Pastor Mike is up here praising the Lord, we can praise the Lord. When we come here on Sundays, we can praise the Lord. Can we praise the Lord? Amen. So we're going to go quick now. That was the backdrop, and I wanted to make sure that you understand. We good? Praise the Lord. Here we go. Now, 2 Peter says this. Now we're just going to break down the word one by one. We're just going to go to from, from 1 to 2, I mean 1 to 4, then Pastor's going to come back. He's going to pick up on 5. And here it is. Here's the first thing. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, if it was me, if I read all this, and I'm, and I'm going to, let me read verses 1 through 4, because I just want you to, to, to listen to this for a second. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith, precious faith, with us by the righteousness of our God and, and, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. Say what? N the knowledge. Say knowledge. Say knowledge. We'll talk about that for a second, right? The knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, as his divine power, say divine power, has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We love life. Godliness is, is a challenge. Okay? We'll talk about that in a second. Pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to, 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 to buy glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious, there they were precious again, promise that through these you may be partakers, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the word through if I had it my way, I would just tell you this morning that there are three things. There's the means, knowledge of God. There's the main source, divine power. And there's the mission, life and godliness. In this particular scripture, in the context of this scripture, in the backdrop of what you just learned concerning the people of God in this situation. If I had it my way, I would just tell you, you have a precious faith to be partakers of a divine nature. <laughs> you have a precious faith to be partakers of a divine nature. Each and every one of you. Say amen. You do. You have the potential, I mean propensity right now to be part of the divine nature. And if you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, guess what, my brothers and sisters? You have it. 
You have it. You have it. So here's the word of God. It says the first thing I want to I want to talk to you. I'm going to talk about this word bond bond servant. Now, beautiful word that that talks about two things. The first thing being a servant. And the word bond tells us tells us that is a, a free servant. Praise the Lord. A servant who has a choice to do something different. But as a bond servant, just the term itself, chief, who is a bond servant of Jesus Christ, just the term itself says that I am going to submit to a higher master. And then my whole not only submit to a higher a higher master, but to give my whole continent, my whole livelihood, to take orders, to be led by, and more importantly, to serve. To serve. You know what I'm talking about. To serve. We've been doing that for a long time. To serve. That's real. That's the meaning of it. To serve. To serve one another. To serve the man of God, Pastor Mike. To serve our, our men of God in the ministry. To serve our children. To serve our husbands. Husbands serving their wives. We are a bond servant. Now, it's interesting that the apostle decided not to say apostle first. He didn't elevate himself. Praise the Lord. He didn't say, oh, by the way, my name is Minister Mike Dunn. What he did is said, I am a bond servant of Jesus Christ. He did not appeal to mankind. He did not appeal to the appetite of man. He did not elevate himself. He said, I am a bond servant. But he had a mission, and the mission was that he was an apostle to go out and teach and evangelize and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. So as we draw the parallel, as we think about ourselves, as we're going through trials and tribulations, we say to ourselves, we're going through trials and tribulations, or we're having a joyous day, or we're a bond servant in Christ. Or we're a bond servant in Christ, my brothers and sisters. Yes, we are. I answer it for you. You're a bond servant in Christ. And you also have a mission. We're not apostles, praise the Lord. It's another sermon. But we do have a mission. Some of us are ministers, some of us are deacons, some of us, but all of us are, are servants of the most great high, and that is Christ Jesus, our beautiful Lord and Savior. So the first thing I'm going to have you to write down, you can put in the blanks. I think I already put them in for you. <laughs> Verse 1 is to show humility, bond servant, divine servanthood, just circuit, divine servanthood. You're going to go home, you're going to pray about that. That's the first thing that, 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 that we see in 2 in Peter, divine servanthood, being a bond servant for Christ. The second thing that we see is to be controlled by God. This word, obtain, the word says obtain. And this is beautiful because they take this word obtain and they and they associated with casting lots. When I was reading it, I said, Lord, what, why do they take the word obtain and associate it with casting lots? Well, the study says that the casting lots was the example of Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ died, and they cast lots for his garment. And in casting lots for his garment, if you read the scriptures very closely, it was according to the will of God. So each one of you have been obtained, not by your power, but by the power of God. And no one can take that from you. 
No one can take that from you. God himself has ordained that you be given the gift of Jesus Christ. An apostle needed to tell somebody that. He had to tell them. It wasn't because of my doing. It's not because of who I am. It's not because of my ministry. It is because I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ, and it was given to me as a gift. Praise the Lord. It was given to me as a gift. Now, some of you may not need to hear that today, but i tell you one thing. Somebody outside needs to hear that. Someone outside needs to hear that, that they may come to our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the, here's the third one. Here's this word, precious. The word of God says that. And those, is, and this is very, I'm still in verse 1. To those who have ordained, we talked about the divine will, and we talked about the statutes, and really what we're talking about, the control of God, is like precious faith with us by righteousness of God and, and by the Savior Jesus Christ. When I looked up this word precious, it was talking about divine equality. The word precious is divine equality. I said, Lord, what do, what do you mean divine equality when we talk about this word precious? And God said, because there is equal value, that, that is what it means in the original text, it is equal value. So Paul is saying that we, those who are sitting right now who are not apostles, faith is the same as, as the apostles themselves. There's no difference. We all, my brothers and sisters, are equal in value when it comes to Christ Jesus. Now, we're not equal to Christ Jesus. But when it comes to us in this sanctuary of the Christian, regardless of our title, because of who we are, equal value. God is good. And he had to teach this to the brothers and sisters because he had to remind them of the suffering that they was going through, being scattered, and also because of the internal strife, because of the false teachers and the false prophets. False prophets saying things that wasn't true about God, about what was going to happen. And then the false teachers just teaching heresy, not teaching the word of God. We don't have that problem in New Season's Church, right? Praise the Lord. But for those of you who teach, Second Peter is a great book to keep us on track, to rightly divide his words, to study the background, to study the, package, I mean the, the, the passages, to do our word study. Praise the Lord, saints. We're moving. We're moving right along. And here's the other one, verse 4, I mean, verse 1 still tells us, to those who have ordained like precious faith with us by the righteousness, not our righteousness, praise the Lord, and we know that, the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We can't earn anything. We can work for it. It is given to us. It is appointed to us just as Moses and Abraham was appointed. Righteousness appointed to us of God our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the Savior. Verse 2. I love this one. Verse 2 tells us this. Grace and peace be multiplied. That word multiply, increase. Here's the part of the greeting of this text. And it's actually a blessing. It would be like Pastor Mike standing up right now to bless us with 
grace to bless us with God's blessing. By saying, if you, if you read the word closely, multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, which means that we have a responsibility. What would be that responsibility? To apply and to read the word of God. Because it's only through knowledge that we may get that blessing. It is only through knowledge that we get to know Jesus Christ. It's only through knowledge that we get to understand his will. It's only through knowledge we understand our purpose. It's only through knowledge that we understand our spiritual gift. It's only through knowledge we know our place in this beautiful, beautiful family for the working of the kingdom. Right here. So Peter is reminding them, my brothers and sisters, I know you're scattered. I know, and I know there's outside strife. I know there's inside strife, but we have to stay the course. And we do that through the word of God. And I bless you and, and I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to study the word of God. I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to have your quiet time, your solitude time. I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to team up with someone. I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, get into a life group. Because it's the word that's going to change you. In 1993, I'll never forget, in 1993, I was walking down the corridor in Holland Park. I came to the Lord in 91. I was walking down the corridor in 93. And Pastor Henderson, I'll never forget, came up to me. He gave him my eye as I was walking towards him. And he said to me, you know you're not going to change until you get in the word. If you want to change, get in the word. And then, and then here's, I'll never forget, then he said, Stop shucking and jiving. <laughs> I, I, I got mad, too. I didn't show it, but I got mad. Stop shucking and jiving. That's what he told me. Stop shucking and jiving. It was the best advice that I ever, I ever got. And, of course, I walked away right there on, on the holy grounds, upset. But I thought about it later. Then I thought about it weeks. And I still didn't do anything about it. And you know what happened? Pastor Henderson, in the spirit of the Lord, came to me and said, I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. I'm going to do a summer school camp. 1993, that's what he did. And he, knowing my character, and, knowing, and also knowing the pride that was in me, he knew that I was going to do it just to prove something. I, and I shared it with you. I, I fell in love with the word starting out of selfishness, just trying to prove that I was going to be the smartest person at the table. And then what happened, I started reading the Word, studying the Word, reading the Word, studying the Word. And I'll never forget Psalms 113.3 is one of, the, one, of the, one of the scriptures that I memorized. From the rising of the sun to the place where it says, the name of the Lord shall be praised. And that changed my life. Changed my life. Changed my life. And then Proverbs 21.21 was another one that changed he who perceives righteousness and love will find life, prosperity, and honor. That became my other life scripture. And then from that moment on, I started reading the word. Started studying it. Never thought in a million years, my brothers and sisters, and I, I kid you not, never thought in a million years I'd be standing here doing this. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Knocking on doors. No. No, 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 no. No, no, but I, I, I truly tell you, in my weakness, 
God made me feel like that. He did. And the first time he told me I was gonna, I'm not going to do it, so I said, I'm not, not going to do it. I had to go back and repent. And guess what happened? Fell in love with Bible teaching. Got into God's word. Fell in love with his word. And brothers and sisters, the word will keep you close to God. And boy, he will elevate you. He will elevate you. So that's the meaning. The knowledge of the gospel. Christians must grow. And God and the man of God in this text says, I want to give you a blessing. I want to pray that you increase. Circle that word, increase, multiply, multiply. It's just increase. Increase in the knowledge of our God, Jesus Christ. We're almost finished. Verse 3. And he says, as his divine power has given to us all things. Divine power. We all know the power of the Holy Spirit. We understand the power of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes, I don't think Christians understand that they actually have access to that power. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have access through, through God's word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have access to that power. That, I mean, what do they really mean? That means that God will give you power to do the ministry. God will give you the power to elevate him. God will give you power in the impossible. God will intervene in the impossible. Give you power. I know for a fact that my, my whole career, every time somebody asks me about, my colleagues ask me, how did I fail? I look them dead in the eye, my brother, and I say, Jesus Christ. And they tell me, I don't want to hear that. Because they look at my record side by side. I didn't do anything special. I made a concerted effort in 1996 that I was going to turn my life over to God and stop chucking and jiving. And I did that. Didn't know. Didn't deserve it. Still was getting in trouble, doing things I shouldn't be doing. My priorities was all messed up. And the Lord blessed me. And the Lord showed me my ways. All through the word of God. Through the word of God. He can do it. And if he can do it for me, my brothers and sisters, he can do it for every for anybody. And I never, I this is the first time I've ever shared my testimony. I, n- I never shared my testimony. But for some reason the Lord got me sharing it with you. If God can put a person like me in front of you to teach his word and to tremble in his books like I'm doing tonight, I have all my time. Lord, give me the right word. Give me the right word. I need your word. If he can do that for me, he can do anything for you. You just got to decide, you know, you know what, Lord, I'm going all in. I want your divine power. I want your divine countenance, Father. I want you to lead me. I want you to show me. And guess what, my brother said, you're going to make mistakes along the way. You're going to make mistakes along the way. But he's going to pick you up because you you are sincere because you want to be good and you want to share my life because you're bound to. No doubt in my mind that you have to take the first step. You got to take the first step. And Second Peter is just a beautiful book 
and it actually starts out positive, then later on it will get into all the things that you really need to know. And, and you'll, be, you'll be studying that in there as well. So here we go. His divine power, the main source is his power. God gives all things. It is a supernatural power. This is how I can best illustrate this. I've, I always get people who, who come to me and say, Mike or Mr. Dunn, whatever it is, I'm at work, especially at work. Why do God let things happen? Now, my mind is not big enough to try to explain in every situation why God allows things to happen. Okay? So I take them to the word. But I give them an illustration too. I say, look, God can do anything he wants to do, but he operates this world and the natural. Meaning that if I get on my motorcycle and I drive 100 miles an hour and I run into a brick wall, if I decide to go skydiving and, and someone didn't properly uh, tie the ropes, if I decide to uh, take a take my exam and don't study, God is just going to let things naturally occur. But because he's God, he can intervene supernaturally. And that's why sometimes people who run their cars into a tree, like my brother just did here a few days ago, fracture all clear to die. God intervenes supernaturally. Now, here's the, here's the beauty of it. The Christian, you do it at his will. <laughs> Don't mean that he doesn't intervene for non-Christian, but for Christians, you have, you have the power. You have the supernatural power for God to intervene anytime he wants to if you're doing the will of God. If you're doing the will of God. This is how beautiful God is. The day I came saved, God reminded me of three things I'm not going to say one day. The day I came, became saved in 1991, God says, yeah, you came to my son this day, but I saved you in 1983 when I got lost out to sea for 36 hours in a small boat in the middle of the Pacific. Broke down crying. I cried. Man, when I came to the Lord, I cried and I cried and I cried. My wife said, you still crying two days out. I cried. Yeah. That's the first thing God reminded me. I, I came through the came through up to Pastor Winterstone and said, oh, God, what things have I done to offend you? Then once they went through all that messy, he reminded me of three things, and that was the first thing he reminded me. Now, you came to the Lord. You came to my son, and I thank you for that, but I saved you back in 1983, and I took five. Okay? That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. He can do whatever he wants to, my brothers and sisters. And here's the last one, the mission. Here it is, life and godliness. This is it. Everything we're doing, my brothers and sisters, in our life, we can accept life, but he wants us to be holy. He wants us to be, he wants us to exercise godliness. And we can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do that by any other means. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. In order to have the power of the Holy Spirit, you've got to have his word in you. You've got to have it in you in order to do that. For he is the source. 
And here we are again. He even says not only is life and godliness is significant and it's important. He says that he that he calls them precious, precious, precious promises. By which have gone verse verse start with verse three again. As his divine power has given to us all things, his divine power can give to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we need for the Holy Ghost role, we can get from God. Everything we need to push us forward in the kingdom of God, he has given it to us. We have it at our disposal. But again, he says, through the knowledge of him, capital H, Jesus Christ, who called us by glory and virtue. Partakers. Truly means to be co-partners, to be partners with God. Not only be partners with God, but to be sharers with God in everything. More importantly, when we cross that threshold of this earthly crust into heaven, praise and stand in the glory of God and praise him for helping us helping us cross that threshold for God's so love the world. What? He gave his only guided son that whoever should believe, what? To not perish and have what? Everlasting life. My brothers and sisters, one day we are going to see the great God. One day, if you read Matthew, Jesus is going to come back with a long thundering sound. And he's going to stand at the foot of heaven. And he's going to look to his right. He's going to look to his left. And those on his right, the sheep. And those on his left, the goats. He's going to separate them. And then he's going to look to the ones on the right. He's going to talk to them first because those are the children of God. <laughs> he's going to say, you come and get this kingdom that I have. What? From the foundation of the earth waiting for you. Of course, you know what he's going to say to the goats, but that's another story. And brothers and sisters, Second Peter is going to be a great lesson. We're going to take it word for word, line for line. Can't get it all here in this setting. You have to be in the life group so we can really appreciate why that book is so important. And why all, all books, the whole Bible is important, but specifically in Second Peter. Amen? Amen? Let every eye close, every head bow. Father, we come to you right now. We just want to thank you for your word, Father. We want to thank you, Father, for this teaching time. We want to thank you, Father, for the fellowship of the saints. Father, I want to thank you for, for across their face, I can see them tensively listening to your word, Father. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you, Father, that they're here today. Thank you, Father, that they all in. Thank you, Father, that, that they was in tune. We just love you, your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, as we begin to close, we ask one thing. We remember your invitation. And, Father, there may be someone here right now that may not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life if you confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead 
word of God says you will be saved. It's just as simple to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And brothers and sisters, as everyone is praying, lifting up the Holy Spirit, Father, we ask that you touch someone. And Father, if there's one here today that's in this family that need to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, Father, just have them to raise their hand real quickly and put it back down, and I will talk with you when this is done. Just raise your hand quickly, put it back down, and I will talk with you when this is done. Father, we just want to thank you for the word of God. We want to thank you again for the pastors of this house. We want to thank you, Father, for the first lady. Father, we want to thank you for each and every brother and sister that is in this place. Now, Father, I ask that you be with us as we continue to worship you and as we, we separate from, uh, uh, from this uh, sanctuary. Be with us, Father, and do the supernatural things in our lives to protect us until we meet again. It is in Jesus' precious and holy name. All the brothers and sisters said, Amen.